Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another podcast where we have stories to chill the blood of this spectacular evening. One to get you screaming. I'm not screaming with this cold. You've already scared the other ones off. You're not doing that to me as well. Sorry. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this, the latest in a long line of Staggering Stories podcast. <coughs> I'm bunged up fake Keith. I'm headachey Adam. And I, yes, I am... The bastard who gave us the cold in the first place. <laughs> Which, more importantly, I'm over it now. <laughs> right, we have no Jean, because she's also full of cold. Yes. We have no Stephen, because he came back once, thought bugger this and ran away again. <laughs> and yep. we have no Crumbly, because we're sending our best wishes to fake Crumbly, who is in hospital at the moment. Yes. Yeah. So All get well, Jane. Please. Yep. Yeah, please, coming down, I've got something. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah. And yet I'm here when I should be snuck under a duvet <laughs> to which i think your construct number one pointed out quite a few times he kept trying to give me ginger tea like, <laughs> the hell man i was a good mother <laughs> anyway without further ado news with el presidente, el presidente. i would woohoo but i can't be bothered <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Who news. Oh, yeah. Anniversary events. Oh, yeah. That's a lot. With November 2023 nearly upon us, and then 60 years of Doctor Who behind us, there are many things coming to arouse your celebratory inclination. Some fellow named David Tennant is taking to BBC4, the TV channel, not BBC Radio 4, to bring us a one-hour documentary creatively called Talking Doctor Who. Oh. This is not about a toy doll with an electronic voice, but instead we will see the former MacDonald present clips and interviews from the BBC archive covering the classic era of the series and the first seven Doctors. It will first air on Wednesday the 1st of November at 7.30pm and appear on the iPlayer thereafter. Mm. Appearing directly after that on BBC4 will be the video version of Doctor Who at 60 colon a musical celebration, the recent BBC2 concert that can already be heard but not seen on BBC Sounds. This includes a lot of well-known new Who pieces of music, a medley of classic Who, and also features the debut of the themes for Shutigatwa's 15th Doctor and his potentially brain-freeze-inducing companion Ruby Sunday. That's the wrong spelling, dude. <laughs> you can't say it when you read it out. <laughs> OK, fair enough. Jumping past the anniversary day, and indeed month, there will be a live-streamed panel named Doctor Who colon Beyond the Screen. Toshiba and BBC Studios are teaming up on the event but are being cagey on the who's for the panel, saying only experts and creative minds who have shaped the show. Tickets can be won to be part of the audience in London, or you can catch it live on Twitch and then the Doctor Who YouTube channel. It will be sometime on Saturday the 9th of December. 
Meanwhile, Riverside Studios, home to Doctor Who for part of the 1960s, is holding its own little exhibition to mark the anniversary, which it has dubbed Regeneration at Riverside. That is a reference to the first regeneration having been shot there on the 8th of October 1966. The exhibition is open in the atrium from the 16th of October to the 3rd of December and features unique photography from the BBC (laughs) archives, particularly of that time when Doctor Who lived at Riverside Studios. Also in London is a wider-ranging exhibition at Gunnersby Park Museum named Set to Stun, on a celebration of sci-fi in West London. As the name implies, this goes beyond Doctor Who, with an interactive showcase of sets, costumes, prosthetics, props, and artistic visualisations for the likes of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Red Dwarf, Star Cops, and yes, Doctor Who. This free exhibition opened on the 20th of October and runs all the way into the 2nd of June. And breathe. <laughs> yeah, and then Western Superman still got that thing oh, yeah, going on. Still do that. So, yeah, lots of stuff to do. Yeah. Lots of stuff to do. Don't talk about doing stuff. I just want to go to bed. <laughs> I know, that's the problem. Any more news? Star Trek Prodigy gets netified. Netflixed. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer. No, I prefer my one. Oh, okay. It sounds better. It means nothing. The apparently ailing Paramount Plus might have jettisoned. It's all too kiddie-friendly Star Trek colon prodigy out of the airlock, but Netflix has improbably rescued it. Paramount Plus surprised everyone when they announced that they would no longer be home to the children's animated Star Trek TV series, right on the cusp of completing the work on its second season. Rumours quickly suggest that they would look for another home, willing to pay for them. This revised their earlier aim of being the one and only place for Star Trek. Now, having returned or otherwise lost the Star Trek colon discovery to Paramount, Netflix has find themselves in an unlikely position of taking on Prodigy. It remains unclear what has happened with Discovery, but clearly both parties are willing to work together again now. Might more Star Trek end up on Netflix, or is this a special case? Either way, Prodigy Season 1 will appear on Netflix before the end of the year, and Season 2 will join it sometime next year. Time will tell if there will be more after that. Hush. It's quite the intrigue going on there. Yeah, it's sort of deals and... Yeah, yeah. the way that Discovery just vanished off Netflix... with zero notice. Yeah. A couple well, of days or before it was meant to the, air. The, the, yeah. the rumour mill, before Discovery disappeared, yep. the rumour mill was going nuts that Netflix was not happy with the yeah. deal, yeah. with the payment, with something. Yes. So but, this this should mean there's going to be at least a third season of Prodigy. Maybe. Maybe, maybe not. This is Netflix, you know. What, they're, they're, what, they've just bought it to take it out in the barn and blow it away? <laughs> it possibly <laughs> could Maybe they got it at bargain basement price and thought, yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> Fair yeah. enough, yeah. But what I, I, I'm appreciative from the uh, second season of Prodigy, we have the return of the Holodoc. Oh, yes, I saw an image yeah. of him. Yeah, because yeah, uh, he got back up and did a little fanfare and then, Thump, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> Do you think it could be that there was so much bad blood between Paramount and Netflix over Discovery that Paramount have essentially tucked the series down Netflix cleavage and told it to go and buy itself something nice. <laughs> May have done. May have done, yes. Yeah. Netflix's ample cleavage. <laughs> Anybody use Doctor Who? Oh, Filling the iPlayer with all the footage. Yay. Almost. <laughs> yes. Except. 
Classic Doctor Who has been off touring streaming services for a while now, most recently finding Sanctuary and Britbox and its successor ITVX. Now in time for the anniversary, it is finding its way back home to the BBC iPlayer. There it will join the ever-present New Who, plus a whole lot more that will be added on the 1st of November. Making a return will be Torchwood, the Sarah Jane Adventures, Class, and even Doctor Who Confidential. Whoa. Though it's currently unclear if these will be the full-length or the DVD cut-down versions. That'd be awesome if they were the full-length Hopefully ones. the full-length, yeah. There's no word on Totally Doctor Who, though. What about, what was that thing they did with the family? Oh, no, that was a, a, a written report on the uh, the old Who website. The family? They had a family, mum, yeah. dad and two children, who First would talk about... two seasons. Yeah. Was that a written one? I thought yeah, they no, could have filmed one. No, oh, it was a written one. See, my brain is foggy at the moment. Mm, that may well be appearing anyway. Anyway, an extensive archive also bring interviews, news pieces, miscellaneous audio and images and written documents. More will be added over time, including thousands of those previously mentioned photo archive items scanned at decent resolution. Yay. All this, along with additional clips, documentaries, radio programs, interviews, music, and pretty much anything Doctor-related they can find, will become part of this incredible and unprecedented media archive for a TV programme. The only fly in the ointment uh-huh. is a very public tantrum thrown by the child of an unearthly child author, Anthony Coburn, who has refused to allow the first four episodes of Doctor Who to be included in the iPlayer lineup. Ten years ago, around the time of the 50th anniversary, Steph Coburn attempted to claim ownership of the TARDIS and received payment for its every use, ever. He failed. He is on rather stronger ground with his father's four episodes, hence the BBC announcing they will not be appearing in the iPlayer with the other 800-plus episodes. Mm. Do you think he's just annoyed that his dad gave him a girl's name? He's Australian, so it's probably Stefan. I assumed it was Stephanie. (laughs) Yeah, I don't quite know what the deal is there. There's been a lot of... Back and forth on Twitter, which yes. for the most part has now been deleted. Yeah. He's deleted most of his Twitter feed. I haven't read the Twitter feed because I, I don't tweet or no, X. No, I have I've seen excerpts of it. <laughs> it's from um, from the most sanest YouTubers I have read this. <laughs> and uh, uh, it is a very emotionally loaded language. Yes. He, he seems to be very strident in his political views. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we they're through, not centrist. We went through this with Terry Nation, though, with the Daleks. Well, it's not the first time no. someone's thrown their rattle out of their pram. No, no that, that was very much trying to get money out of the BBC. What, you think this isn't? He is, but he's, he also seems to have a, a very genuine chip on his shoulder. He does seem to feel like BBC treated his father badly, ah. and, in, and his father died because of the stress of it and all that. Um, I, I, I don't think so. I'm not a psychiatrist, I'm willing to admit <laughs> this. And yes, I, I will admit I am very prejudiced. But reading some of the articles that were flying around with the monthly yeah. on the 50th, it very conspicuous to me that he never mentions his dad or his, my, my dad, my father. It's always Anthony. Oh, okay. A, a certain style of language is, uh, I don't think he's close to his father, and he can't get back at his father, and so this is the next best thing. I don't know. Who knows? And he was, he was only 50 when he died. Yeah. yeah. And it's the he... only stuff he ever wrote for Doctor which made it to the air. Yeah. Yeah. He wrote four stories of which one other kept getting bumped, and then eventually... Become the uh, Masters of Luxor that never yeah. got... Yeah. It was done by Big Finish. 
The yeah. other two, I think, never even got yeah. that far. There's a lot of issues going on here. Yeah, mm. and, and considering the person involved sues at the drop of a hat, I think yes. we should leave it at that. Yeah, can we, can we cut this bit? <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully there will be some kind of deal. Yeah. It seems crazy that of all the stories in all of Classic yeah. Who, uh. this, only this one can't yeah. be put up. The first episode particularly is crucial to the archive for Doctor Who. I yeah. don't fully understand because it's it's out there on DVD, Blu-ray. It's still on Britbox too. Yeah. Exactly. It's out there. I just really don't understand why it can't be put up on iPlayer as well. The license agreement expired a while ago and he's refusing to renew with the BBC. for ridiculous. But obviously he had done previously, or, or maybe his father, but yeah. that was quite a long time ago, so presumably it was him who renewed it more his recently His father died in 77. Yeah, so... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, someone, we'll see what happens. Someone yeah. wants money. Yeah. But again, as with 10 years ago, there's a bit of a hoo-ha with this chap and yeah. probably it amount to nothing in the end. Yeah. yeah. Any addendums? I have an addendum. What oh, is yes. your addendum? My addendum is perfect for this time of year. Okay. It's cold, dark, yes. also, and has a cold... And also the time that this will be going out. Um, ooh. ooh, the 29th of October. <laughs> What's so odd about the 29th of October? No, well, it's, it's almost Halloween. So. Oh, right, right. Um, Mark Gatiss. Uh-huh. Dead. No! no. <laughs> Not yet! Mark Gatiss will once again be doing... A Christmas ghost story. Ah, oh, brilliant. At this point in time, he is once again delving back into his Sherlock archive. Sherlock? Sherlock, and is doing a, a script based on Arthur Conan Doyle's short story, Lot Number 249. Ooh. A home story? It's a general Doyle. ghost story. It's not a home story in particular. He will be adapting the latest ghost story special to air on the BBC at Christmas. Mm-hmm. And will be starring Kit Harrington oh, as, Snow. as Abercrone Smith. Great name. <laughs> well, Conan Doyle did have a, a choice for names. <laughs> is it Abercrombie Smith? It could be Abercrombie. Abercrombie Smith. Mm-hmm. It is a serious delight for me to delve once again into the brilliant work of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. This time for a Christmas ghost story. Gate is told deadline to this mm. to the, uh, today. Yeah. Lot number 249 is a personal favourite and is a granddaddy, or should that be mummy, of a particular kind of end of empire chiller. A ripping yarn packed with ghastly scares and who knows what is lurking in the Victorian closet. Something Egyptian by sounds of it. I, I think it is. I think it's Egyptian-esque. It's good. Yeah, probably Christmas Eve or Christmas Day evening. Yep. We shall watch that. Yes. Yep. Throw yep. another addendum at me. Gen V, the, oh, yes. the boys spin-off, live-action uh-huh. spin-off, has already got a second season. Oh. Yeah, he's finished airing, I think, yeah, last recently. week. Or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, finished filming very recently as well, because I remember when I was up doing the Sharda tour, only a couple months ago, maybe, Yeah, they were still shutting Rose down to record it in Cambridge. Oh. So, yeah, there's a very quick turnaround. Yes. I've not seen it at all yet, so I must no, catch neither, it. No, neither have I, I've got to admit. But clearly, I, uh, watching is not important today, recommissioning it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've enjoyed the boys. Yes. What I've seen and what I've caught of the boys, I've, seen I've all enjoyed. That, yes. but yeah, so it's a teenage academy. Academy superior. version, yeah. So, Just yeah. as bloody and gory, probably. I think it is at least one final addendum yep. potentially. Yep. Toyo things getting back quickly. Uh, Shooty Gatwa started filming his second season of Doctor Who today. Oh, good God. <laughs> It's a quick turnaround, yeah. It is. They're really going for it. It's not so much a quick turnaround as a slow showing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
given we won't get to his actual first season until almost certainly uh, Easter. 20, yeah, mm-hmm. 24, yeah. They will probably be nearly finished filming his second season by that point. <laughs> awesome. So I think we can probably safely say he will survive his first season. It, yeah. You'd hope. <laughs> Does Ruby Sunday survive? Well, I don't know. Uh. Given they're filming it so early, we will know before... Yeah, the end of it, the season. Before yeah. I even start showing the first season. Yeah. Oh, there's Ruby. Right, she's in it next season. Yeah. <laughs> or we go a few months and not seen her, I think. Who's this other new character? Who, who's this one? And, and so I'm wondering if it will have as many costume changes for the Doctor as the next season look like it's going to be. Expect so. I think it's going to be one of those Doctors who never has the same costume yeah. twice. Yeah. It does seem to be the trait of this one to be constantly Which is changing. Rare. The only other one you could probably say it of is probably Pertwee, and they're always variation a, on a theme. Yeah, a flavour. I like the idea of him being ridiculously vain and her <laughs> wearing just the same outfit the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of the news. We watched... Well, let me start by saying, <clears throat> when we came up with the segment films that dave would have loved (laughs) i didn't think this was going to be one of those things that we have to do every damn time (laughs) it was meant to be a segment a segment like a 30 second just yeah but no apparently not because we have watched attack of the killer tomatoes I, i i just have to say someone in this room has embraced the ideology of bad movies. I'm not saying who. I am not pointing fingers. Ah, but gee, someone I believe Crumbly was the one who uh, suggested this one. And guess who isn't here? Indeed. Pause for music. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. They'll beat you, bash you, squish you, mash you, chew you up for brunch, and finish you off for dinner or lunch. Yeah, I'd never seen this before. I nope. had no idea it was actually a comedy. I assumed it was just a, a schlocky B-movie trying to take yourself too seriously, but it's definitely no, not that. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> Wait, I tell you, the reaction in Shay Dunn... <laughs> I mean, you had we had construct number two who just ambled in and out, going, "Oh, that's a tomato." <laughs> construct number one and his father, who sat there shaking their heads, <laughs> and then I thought it was the best thing that's ever been you were made. Wetting yourself. Oh, it was so. <laughs> Funny, and the set, the noise they made was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> but may I um just do a, a segue? Here? A segue, or you're mm. segging your way about language. Okay. Now we all know about, and sorry, American chums, I adore you, but <laughs> we all know about their ridiculous refusal to put the letter U in a yeah. word that deserves a letter U and the absolute <laughs> nonsense they adopt when spe- saying the word aluminium. <laughs> and we will mock them for these things <laughs> till the end of recorded time. But one thing they have got right, mm. who in England decided that the words potato and tomato wouldn't rhyme. <laughs> They're spelt the same, but one's got a T and one's got a P. It should be potato, tomato, or potato, tomato. The Americans <laughs> have got it right there. <laughs> I don't yep. know. Tomato makes more sense than tomato. There was one character who called it tomato in the film. Yeah, I noticed that, but she was, a, she was an man. English... Oh, it wasn't the um. The Maybe reporter. another one. Then. I don't know. It was, uh, I was one too of, busy laughing. One of the people in the um, Congress type. Ah, oh, well, they must have been Shakespearean trained. But yes, <laughs> despite your murdering of the words colour, honour, anything else like that, I would say you're right with the word tomato. I refuse to use it, but yeah. I will acknowledge. Wasn't your that from The Simpsons? What tomato? The uh, tobacco 
tomato cross thing. No, that was tomaco. Because mm. oh, it was a tomato that had tobacco in it. That was the whole point. <laughs> Just sit in the corner and look pretty. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure tomato worked quite so well with the theme tune. But... No. Attack of the killer tomato. Yeah, maybe it would. Maybe it would. Yeah. <laughs> it Actually, is... That reminded me very much of Pinky the Brain's theme tune. I don't uh, know if they both got it from the same place or could be. Pinky the Brain got it from this. Well, well this was know. 1970s something. Yeah. So this was something before Pinky yeah. the Brain. But I don't know if they're both riffing off something else. Or know. Pinky the Brain is riffing off of this. Never Because there was an animated cartoon. There yeah. was, but that came later. Which Obviously. is where the two Pinky and the Brain voice actors met. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think Killer Tomatoes was late 80s, early 90s. Oh, the cartoon strip. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. there was also a sequel, Return of the Kim- oh, Killer there, Tomatoes. I think there three or four films. Yeah. Oh, we'll have to dig them out, won't no, we? No, please, no. <laughs> In a couple of places, there were a couple of, ooh, that's a bit awkward moments, which was language used that was fine for the 70s. Yeah. Right. And now you automatically think, ugh, don't. Yes. But apart from that, this was, was the best thing I'd seen in a long time. This was <laughs> so very, very good. Basically, mm-hmm. we joined the plot really close. It doesn't, there's no real lead up to it, is no, there? No, it no, just no. starts. They, they starts. don't hide or put in the shadow of the monster. No, it's no, just, this is a tomato. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> the tomatoes are mutating or have been taken over by an alien presence, whatever. We don't know. We don't well, know. It, it was and the, got... the press conference guy, wasn't it, somehow? I forgot. So the president's press officer was the one who was behind it all. Though it was never explained why, because he was killed as he was oh, about yeah. to explain yeah. it. Oh, it's, which, is a real, which is a brilliant way of getting out of actually explaining what you, yeah. corner you've written yourself into. <laughs> so he, he was behind it, but we don't know how he did it or yeah. why yeah. he was doing it. Presumably the sequels go into he as an accomplice, I imagine. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, tomatoes rampaging across America. Big tomatoes, not Massive just small. tomatoes. You've you, you got your small little cherry tomatoes and then there's the beef tomatoes. And then but you, these were... They were, yes. like, they were like the thing from Dark Star, but yes. without the yeah. feet. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. About and as they, convincing. And they, they, they made that brilliant noise, and <laughs> people seemed completely incapable of stamping on them. Yeah. Especially well, with the smaller ones. Well, yeah. still, I imagine if you threw yourself bodily onto a big tomato, it would still pop. And know. they also seemed to be bulletproof. They were bulletproof. You had exploded. Oh, yes. It, admittedly, they, they had a budget hey. and they used it with... with... Tomatoes are bulletproof. <laughs> no, I, I love can... the, the, the look of, um, is she messing with me here or is this a thing I just didn't know? No, I can, I can definitely say they're not because I have used them as target practice with real guns. <laughs> but they certainly had the budget here with the explosions and effects of war yeah. with the tomatoes. Uh, yeah, some hell. great miniature work there for some of that. <laughs> oh, some, some of it. Well, yeah. And the, the final scene running from the stadium looking at the credits they basically grab people off the streets of San, uh, San Francisco yeah, or San Diego, Diego, San Diego and yeah. got them all to jump on tomatoes there, there, yeah. there was a maid of the whatever with the sash and oh yeah the, uh, she was the pota- maid of potatoes 1922 yeah, yeah potato famine maid <laughs> there's some weird stuff and every now and then you get an advert going along the bottom for this furniture store which quite frankly $10 for a couch I would go and get that, that that's pretty good yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then you had these weird musical bits. 
come yeah, out of yeah. nowhere. Yeah. Not musical in general, but the, they have uh, the, two the, or three musicals. The last one. The guy, the lawyer or whatever he was, the promoter's yeah. guy, yeah. just randomly singing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then there was the last one where the voices swapped. Oh, yeah, the, the hero and the heroine. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. A very high voice and a very deep voice. <laughs> yeah. The but... wrong people. This was definitely made around the same time as Airplane. Oh, yeah. It's in, definitely in the same vein of yeah. Airplane. Yeah. It just made, total silliness. It made me think they'd been watching Monty Python and they're trying to do their version of Monty yeah. Python. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's quite up there with... Uh, oh, no, not at all. Something like Holy Grail or whatever no. they might have seen no. to, to inspire them. But to... this is it. What people, most people seem to forget is that at least 35% of the Monty Python sketches failed to land. Oh, yeah. And and this is one of the ones that failed to land. <laughs> For me, not. Anyway. It was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I must admit, uh, comedy is very subjective. I thought they were a bit try-hard. <laughs> I just couldn't stop giggling. No, you and I, and I don't know why. I, I'm putting it down to your illness. So when you're better, you yeah. watch it again. again. And, uh, and then I'll get very cross. Yeah. I don't want to be cross. I it, want it, to it, have it pleasant just be... memories of laughing at tomatoes. It will just <laughs> be silence. But, yeah. of course, there was a cliffhanger. Oh, yes. Yeah. At the end, mm. when everyone's celebrating the return to normality after the tomato menace is wiped out. A carrot. Mm. Yeah, the carrots. Oh, the of the killer carrots. Yes. And the way they defeat it, I don't know if it is stolen for Mars Attacks, yeah. but it was basically a, a song a killed song. them. A song it was, by it Do- was Little Jimmy Osmond. Let's, it, let's not beat about the bush. No, it no, was no, Little no, Jimmy no, Osmond. No, it was Ronnie Dosmond. It was Little Ronnie Dosmond. <laughs> Puberty Love, apparently, was the yeah. name of the track. Yeah. Jim, Jimmy Osmond. Was it Jimmy Osmond who did Puppy Love, or was it Donny Osmond? I think Puppy Love was Donny Osmond, I think. It was a but... nauseating, teeny bopper song from the 70s. Right. And I speak as someone for whom, at the age of five, Donny Osmond was my first crush. Because <laughs> I thought he had pretty eyes. You've got a thing about eyes, haven't you? I do. Yeah. Luckily for you. Yeah, very lucky for me. <laughs> but like you've pointed out, the world is a blur to me. <laughs> so, yeah, Donny Osmond. Yeah. <sighs> okay. <laughs> yeah. It was terrible. <laughs> it was. It was the worst type of bad. Just the song, not the film. The film no, the film is <laughs> worth a genius. So, Adam, why did you hate the film? Uh, didn't hate it. It just I didn't find the jokes landed for me personally. Maybe I wasn't particularly well at the time. So maybe that had something to do with it. But it um, affects us differently. <laughs> maybe. Um, but yeah, it did feel like a, an attempt. Somebody has seen Monty Python try to do their own yeah. version and yeah. sort of missed the point. They tried to go a bit too zany with it. Yeah. Weird uh, comedy characters, for, for which is me, fine, but they didn't do much with them. This for, is for why me, I, I compare mo- it more to Airplane than Monty yeah. Python, because Airplane was full of weird characters. For, for me, it was more Airplane, but a couple of years too early, so it didn't catch. Or Yeah. You no, know. Airplane is genius. So every, yeah. A joke, every well, 10 seconds, yeah. background stuff, foreground stuff. It's clever. Surely you can't be serious. Don't call me Shirley. Uh, <laughs> yeah, can't recall Airplane highbrow, but it was no. very clever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I think it was trying to be. Or I'm not sure when Airplane came out compared compared to this, but it didn't quite get on the bandwagon for me. Adam's looking up Airplane. I am looking up Airplane. I should know that. One of my favourite comedy films. Uh, 1980. That was 80. Yeah. See, I think it may have been a bit too early. Yeah. That's what they were going for. You you know how some films, they'll flop, they won't go, Mm -hmm. and then another. 
but a five years later you get a virtual carbon copy of that film <laughs> which is spectacular yeah and yeah. goes to the, that's what i think happened here uh, yeah it could be i loved it and i'm glad you made us watch it yeah <laughs> uh, do we do the sequel now Damn. will that have the carrots on it presumably not it's still killer tomato and still it's the turn yeah. of the killer tomatoes which i think is george clooney's first film really that's that's it oh god so they have real actors in these because i didn't think most of them were actual actors no again yeah <laughs> yeah I, I didn't recognize one of them no no not one of them i think some of them were the writers and directors <laughs> yeah quite possibly well quite yeah because one of uh, de quello i think is de colo or something the name popped up about 47 times <laughs> i did like the bit where the reporter who's clearly lois lane <laughs> oh, yeah. greets her companion her friend's uh clark, clark yeah. yeah who yeah. wanders past with his superman cloak sticking out of his yeah. coat oh dear yeah, and then he had the jaws rip off because jaws had been a big thing yeah. Yeah. yeah all right so it was nonsense i loved it he hated it <laughs> i wouldn't say hate but you yeah. did on the day when we were watching it i believe steaming pile of tyrannosaurus excrement <laughs> I, did at not, one point. I did not call it that. <laughs> we would like to know what the rest of you thought of Attack of the Killer Tomatoes or Tomatoes. Mm. Write to us by a show at Staggering Stories. Dot net. We did two each. Two each, yeah. Yeah, there are three sequels to it. I, I didn't realise there were three. I knew the I knew it made at least one sequel and a TV and a cartoon series. I wonder what he thought of it. Mm. Who's that, you ask? Who's that? It's the head of Pertwee. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. One, two, three. Hello, Hello head of Pertwee. Pertwee. Hello, Inky McSquirts a lot. Handles. Folded up, Clara. Graham. Dave Zilla. Dave Zilla the Mighty and Terrence. And Terrence. And the rest of the Dangerous Churchill, Nazi Spark. On Adam's shelves. <laughs> Various beady eyes that are watching me. Now, I am now going to have a nap because I didn't watch the rest of the homework because I went to bed with a cold. Uh. In the meantime, the boys have been watching Seeds of Death, which of course is Doctor Who. Pause for music. <laughs> Now, Seas of Death, of course, is the Troughton. Yes. Well, not Seas of Doom. Not the Seas of Doom. the Tom Baker one. It was the Tom Baker one. That, that caused a lot of confusion in our household. It did. I thought I was going to see Sarah Jane. <laughs> no. Zoe, Jamie, and Second Doctor. Second Doctor. Yep. Yes. From, when was it? It was 1969. Ah! That was a good year. <laughs> January to March. First of March, it ended, so... Oh, I, my mum was really, really pregnant at that point. <laughs> yeah. Six-parter, and it's all about... What happened? Ice Warriors returning. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. What happened? What year is it meant to be set in? Um, do we find out? Is this in the... F- I, I don't the know. future, not too far in the future. Yeah. An unspecified future date, yeah. where we all wear jumpsuits. Yes. The humans are given up on space travel. It sounds familiar. And we just use TMAT. Which is a teleportation, a teleportation transmat. Yeah. More transporters if you're Star Trek. Yes. Which is, is managing to ship everything over the world. Yep. And they have a, have a relay station up in the moon. Mm. It starts off as a as a standard day at work, by the looks of it. <laughs> uh, a, a brief shift change. 
to which uh, someone is teleported up to the moon to take charge because that's mm-hmm. his, his beginning of his shift. But apparently the, the moon's transit time has been rather sloppy because, what's his name, Fushal, it looks Fushum. like... Fushum. Fushum. Sorry, Fushum looks like he's been promoted beyond his means. <laughs> that never happens, does it? <laughs> he's, uh, yes, he's been unstable, Yes. Seems. So uh, he goes up there, demands to know what's, what is going on, and while he's uh, sorting things out with Fushum, something breaks into the base and takes charge. Because we don't actually see it, do we, to begin Not with? Not till it's, the end of first episode, I think? Yeah, it, it's done as a point-of-view shot. Everyone is yeah. looking at the thing that is broken aboard. Yes, right down the camera lens. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's quite well done. Yeah. It keeps it secret because the the names that they're not in the title. No, unlike Daleks. Yeah, yeah, or Sidemen or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So they're not in the title, and I think this is the this is the first return, isn't it? Yes. So this is actually the first time we see the Ice Lords. It is first time we see the yes. Ice Lords. Yeah. yeah. I've got a point that I want to make about them later, Ooh, okay. but Doctor and Co. arrive at a space museum down on pl- on the planet side, where we have lots of fun moving the rusty scanner screen <laughs> switch. Yeah. Mean, right, that's rather excessive on yeah. the TARDIS. And the Doctor to miss something holding up a model spacecraft, yeah. which wouldn't be there in real life. <laughs> anyway, they disembark, to which the uh, owner of the museum, an Eldrad, he doesn't live, oh. <laughs> is the owner of the museum is rather upset mm. on finding them and then the head mat honcho of t-mat who looks like it used to be an old partner until he walked out yes they worked together back in the day yeah. back in the day when they used rocket to be rocket, still, yeah. rocket ships yep yeah. uh comes and begs for help to which it does seem like eldrad throws his toys out of the pram to begin with yeah. He refuses to help. His secret of been creating Putting rockets. together, build, building his uh, his own rocket prototype, which was going to be launched back in the day. Yeah, keeping it going. Which yeah. is quite a big job, I would have thought, knowing what's involved you know, with SpaceX and all that, and yeah. how many times they failed, and it took many, many attempts, many re-engineering designs, and anyway, whatever. Um. The, the impression I was given is that part of it had already been dealt with and done, and it was planned, and... Well, yeah was being built when the government cut their funding and went before the Transmat, the TMAT, yeah. yeah. So what the plan is, is to get this rocket back into working order and fly off to the moon to try to sort out what has happened because the moon has suddenly and inexplicably been completely cut off and therefore TMAT is no longer working and society is beginning to break down because people aren't getting their groceries yeah, it's very just-in-time delivery, which yeah. is surprisingly a uh, modern idea back then. Yeah. But it's really just-in-time, because people are dying within hours yeah. not having food. Yeah. It lasts a few days without having it's food. Fact, yeah, you, <laughs> you should be at least, you know, tw- I mean, what is it? Civilization's always meant to be three meals away from a riot. Yeah. So, don't die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Presumably people don't have fridges or freezers anymore. They just team at everything yeah. in freshly from around yeah. the world. Like, like the Star Trek replica. They immediately get it out of the machine and eat it. They don't. It does imply that TMAT is everywhere, though. Yeah. In yeah. people's homes? I don't know. Or a small little service unit? TMAT is Alexa. Ooh. Ooh, could be. <laughs> but yes, Who anyway. lost the peanut gallery? <laughs> I'm sorry. I shall sit here and drool. 
the doctor being the doctor, he manages to finagle himself in, and, and he, yeah, he, Jamie, and Zoe are the ones who get on the rocket. I, I did like the fact that they get on and pilot the rocket as they are. No spacesuits. No, no, no. no, they, no. they just as they are, go up and sit down. Doing that famous thing of making them sort of look they're under G force by, <laughs> yeah. by pulling their faces back. back. <laughs> UFO when they did that, they had an air canister that used to blast them in the face. Oh, did they? Okay. Yeah. So you got those sort of ripple yeah, effects, yeah. but here they they brace their neck, and as they're bracing their neck, they pull back their yeah. cheeks to make quite, yeah. quite a, a famous clip of yeah. them taking off. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, back on Moon Base, we have it is the Ice Warriors have broken in, turned off the uh, transmat system, which got damaged by one of the guys who got killed. A lot of people get killed. A lot of people a lot get of killed. A lot of Ice Warriors it? die as well. Yeah. Oh. Half a dozen. So, so Fulsham uh, volunteers, the craven-hearted Fulsham that he is, <laughs> volunteers to attempt to repair it all. And he doesn't have a very good uh, time of it. Once it's up and running, they begin to start transmatting down pods. The seeds of death. Yeah. One of, one of the guys manages to escape to the solar room, solar power room mm-hmm. and rigs up a weapon to take out the uh, Ice Warriors. Yeah. That's where we lose a couple. Well, he missed a trick there. He should have just kept luring them in over and over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sort of dance at the door. Yeah. And then run in there. Yeah. But, yeah. Looks like there are about ten of them or yeah. just under the list. We only ever see, what is it, three or four three Ice at Warriors at a time. Yeah. But yeah, the, you assume... But they keep dying a... and they keep more of them you turn out. Yeah. <laughs> You, you assume the there's a little task force of about yeah. 10 somewhere. I did wonder at first why they didn't just drop these pods off on Earth by their own rockets. Obviously, yeah. they've gotten to the moon from Mars. Yeah. Obviously, I swear it's the Martians. Why didn't why they bother to do a team out to take them down? But the idea being they needed to control the weather as a secondary task. That's it. So they, they then went down to Earth to attack the they, weather they station. Are, they are initially teleported to the major capitals of the world but only in the northern hemisphere at the first hit and then they actually send down a ice warrior to take out the weather station because we can control the weather now you can have it dry or wet it seems given that 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 machine is the extent of it so they turned the whole world into england basically (laughs) (laughs) it looked like that i think it was in this, this story was inspired by fury from the deep particularly the foam machine. Oh, yeah, they went mad at the foam machine. Yeah, yeah. They, they Patrick got... Troughton got absolutely covered in it, literally <laughs> covered in it. He slipped over a couple of times. Yeah. You see him disappear down behind the door. Yeah, and you could see Wendy Padry completely losing it as he slides in and falls over as he comes in through the door. Yeah. She, she, she makes she, no she, attempt no, to, no, she to doesn't, hide the fact. Yeah, she, she, she remains an upright actress who did not corpse at all. <laughs> I noticed it immediately lying, when I watched it. <laughs> and they do address that on some of the special features. She does say, yeah, I, I did. <laughs> yeah. It's understandable because I, I'm not sure if uh, Pat Troughton was playing it up to it. I think but, he really did slip over. But certainly, yeah. So yeah. she really did laugh and they didn't retake. Yeah. yeah well, the trouble of having to get all that foam back up. And yeah. Clean, what I mean. Yeah. Just, they just went on with it. Yeah. These are seed pods, the seeds of death mm. in particular, because when they explode in the control room, they uh, take out a couple of people through asphyxiation yes so it sucked all the oxygen out of them uh, the people who died yes so that's the seeds of death in its entirety and i think the idea is to try an attempt to terraform earth 
into yeah. a more Martian-like Martian environment. Martian form, yeah. What's the equivalent of terror for, for Mars? Marsh form. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they obviously they want to take over the Earth, of course. Yes. As it's all a good first, aliens do. Yeah, first step in an invasion. And also that whole thing about killing people who come into contact with the exploding pods. Yeah. A nice excuse to get Patrick Troughton out for a week. Yeah, yeah. He, he did go on holiday halfway through this. Yeah, I think episode four he was on yeah, holiday. Yeah, he, he, at the end of episode three and he doesn't come back to episode five. What occurred to me at the time, is this the first documented evidence of the respiratory bypass system? Respiratory? Even that, yeah. Respiratory company. Uh, yeah. Probably. Yeah. It's, it's not mentioned, but yeah, he gets he gets one of these seed pods explode in his face, which takes him out, but doesn't kill him. Yeah, everybody else in that situation would have died. Yes. But, uh, yeah. He does an alien thing. He does an alien yes. thing, yeah. He said there's no excuse why he sort of passed yeah. out. He just, that's why I can only assume it yeah, but there was an interesting question going around. I think it's Facebook the other day. When's the first time the Doctor is established definitively as being an alien and not just a human from a different time and Ooh. place? It's not at all easy to, to no. work out. Uh, yeah, because in an earthly child, he um just says something like from from our home, yeah. or... different civilization, yeah. different yeah. time, different doesn't doesn't mention or planets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because he... he could be a human colonist from fifty yeah. thousand years the, in the future. I, I certainly know Hartnell had his heart checked. A couple of times. Yeah, nobody mentioned. And nobody mentions the double heartbeat. I love, if you'll excuse me, a small digression. I mm. love the role-playing game at this point. Because mm. the stats for the Hartnell's Doctor mentions that one of the weaknesses is the left heart valve is faulty and occasionally stops causing him to pass out. Dicky ticker. Yeah. So so it's, it's the left or the right. One of the hearts is, yeah. it's got a dicky ticker. So <laughs> that's why that's why when anybody listens they only yeah. hear one heartbeat. Talking of amusing deaths. One of the guys who were taken out by the pods. Yes. Commander Radner is it? Radner. Um, yeah. He checks his pulse doesn't find it and me says oh he's dead take him <laughs> yeah, off move, to be for autopsy move on yeah <laughs> take him off to be cut up he's not a doctor he doesn't know he's dead for sure <laughs> well he will be dead soon <laughs> the guy suddenly revives with a sternly knife in yeah <laughs> <laughs> there were a previous there but anyway <laughs> and the computer oh I'm great sorry, voice sorry computer, to, yeah. was, was it Max Wall it sounded like Max I lived very low and low, uh, low. I'll tell you John Witty John mm. Witty pretty sure he did the voice for um, there was a, a promo video or they watched in the museum yeah I'm pretty sure he did the voice for that too right. he sounded very similar yeah, it's, to a, it's a very distinctive yeah, voice it's really isn't it? good the way it announces or, or says some some words yeah. you know it's distinctive he anyway an, he's the announcer for the 1979 version of Dick Barton apparently okay. amongst many other things yeah, I think it's the only Doctor who ever did which is strange yes uh, the, the, the Doctor manages to t- uh, teleport back down mm-hmm. they all teleport that down go after the uh, Ice Warrior figure out what's going on, mm-hmm. have a run around the uh, weather centre with all yeah. the foam flooding in through yeah, the doors. Yeah, yeah. And quite a few um, face character or face pulls from Pat Troughton as he gets a couple <laughs> yeah. of the bubbles blow up in front of him. Yeah. So with the hanky and rewire the weather centre and cause it to rain, which kills off the seed pods. Herbert would be proud. H.G. Wells. Uh, yes. <laughs> yep, it's very yep. much that sort of thing, isn't it's it? It's very much in that sort of way. The earth defends itself. But I, I do like, did like the fact that we've got certain shots of Troughton covered in wires as he's trying to rewire mm. the weather centre, which is very, very similar to Sylvester. Remembrance. In remembrance, yeah. rewiring the Dalek ship covered in all the fibre optic cables. <laughs> yeah. It's the same sort of image, just updated. It is. Certain things that pointed out to me. Mm-hmm. The moon base itself doesn't seem to be very flat. 
when they're running around the moon base, the, the, the floor is a zigzag shape. Yes, unnecessarily levelized. If that's the yeah, right word. Yeah, uh, yeah, just levels for no particular it's on, reason. I, I can only think that is so. Uh, you, you exercise running around the base a couple of times. You have to run uphill occasionally. So. Seems nobody lives there. They just teleport there for their yeah, shift and yeah, teleport that, back. That seems rather no rather odd. Stuff. We have oh god, what was her name? Miss Kelly. Was yeah, it Miss Kelly? Gia Kelly or something. Gia like that? Kelly. In a very, she's the only one who's uh, un- fully understands the TMAT system. So she's apparently. Too, She's too valuable to risk. Yeah, they talk her up a lot. Which, I won't say it's unusual, but I think it's significant considering this is 60s television and we have a a woman in power. Did she scream? No. Don't think she did. Did she die horribly? No, 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 she survived survived. to the end. Nice one, sister. (laughs) Yeah. Admittedly, you get Ragnar, who's the crusty old politician who's in charge of it all. Did he mansplain to her? Did he belittle her skills in a way he wouldn't have done if she was a man? Um, he was talking her skills up most of the I time. I think he was talking his skills up, but, but he wouldn't um, let her go on the rocket or be teleported up to fix the thing. And and she, she yeah, went up Yeah, if there. she's the only one who could have the knowledge, that's understandable. You go, sister. And <laughs> yeah. also the countdown. countdown. Yeah, count, countdown for the rocket. Mm-hmm. You have the number... Oh, of, the blip, blip, blip. yeah, the number projected onto the actress's face. My only thought is that's got a bloody hurt with that white light directly in your face with the number one. Oh yeah, because yeah. it's on the it was on her eye. Yeah, like Biddy Piper looking into the eye of the Dalek. Yeah, those blue LEDs are lethal. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how sure yeah. but yeah, you got you got this this full on white light directly straight onto her eye. Yeah. So that's got to hurt. <laughs> And she didn't blink, I'll give her that. She didn't flinch yeah. or blink. Pro, suffered for art. We also, as I mentioned, have the first sighting of the Ice Lord, which is another yes. cast of Ice Warrior. Which slender and more athletic, easier to move around well, in general. And... This is it. This is what has occurred to me. It occurred to me on the first one, Ice mm-hmm. Warriors. Yeah. And also it occurred to me on the Thin Ice, the Will Smith, number 11 one. Will Smith? Matt Smith? <laughs> Matt Smith, number 11. The Ice Warrior one. Oh, um... Cold... Cold War? Cold War. Could, could be Cold War. I could, nice is, is, yeah, um, I could... I, I, I'm old and crumbly. I get <laughs> me names. But anyway, all of those were marshals. They had the rank of marshal. Oh, right, yeah. The first, the first Ice Warrior was a marshal. Mm. The last Ice Warrior was a marshal. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure about the standard Ice Lord... But certainly the one on the monitor with the gold, the glittery oh, dots. Yes, the fabulous one. Yeah, the fabulous. <laughs> he was a marshal. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, I'm wondering. The grand marshal. I'm, I'm wondering, is the Ice Lord look dress armor? And the, uh, you know, because, yeah, cause, cause, yeah, yeah. admittedly, admittedly, the uh, the first Ice Warrior in Ice Warriors mm-hmm. was of um, a different type to the other Ice Warriors. The Ice Warriors were sort of more dumpier while he was tall and slender, but it was mm. the same style of armour. Okay, yeah. So I, I am wondering, you know, is, is the first Ice Warrior and the last Ice Warrior fight down with their men while the ones of the Ice Lords are like the generals? They stay up on the yeah. hill type with drinking stand serve. <laughs> yeah, as maybe, yes. Yeah. Maybe we need some more Ice Warriors in New Who to, S- to sort it out. Yeah. out so certainly, yeah. we need, certainly we need an Ice Lord in New Who. Well, we had the female... We had the Ice she? Queen. She was... Ice uh, Queen? No, 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 Queen, <laughs> Queen, you want to break free. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm just wondering, is the, the fact that they're um, sort of 
a different armor, not yeah. necessarily a different race. Oh, no, has, yeah. has been postulated. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. so they're a completely different. Because it cast. could be like insects where they got drones. And yeah, but, and as we saw, the the armor is is artificial. Yeah. So anyway, that, that's my, that's my thought. I postulate that question out mm. there. But yeah. Yeah, it's good fun. It was a, it for was, a six-parter. It's a six-parter, but... but it, it didn't drag too no, badly there, at all. There, I watched all in one night, which is rare for a six-parter. Yeah, there isn't too much of a capture-escape, capture-escape, no. capture-escape. Uh, the first couple of episodes take place on the moon base, yeah. and then the last couple of episodes take place at Earthside. So we've yeah. got different environments and different problems for each section. Yeah, very well done, I thought. Nice set of characters. Yeah. Osgood, the first to get killed off, I think. I think that was the first to get killed yeah, off, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if related to Petronella Osgood. <laughs> Ascendant, maybe. Could be, could be. We'll see. That name comes up, that, comes up a few times. So. Well, there was Unit an Osgood, had one. There was an Osgood and Demons. Yeah, and Unit, yeah. So we've got at least three Osgoods in Dog 2. Yeah, At least. Yeah. I did wonder about their thermostat, though. It goes <laughs> up to beyond 60 degrees C. Whoa. Why would you ever want yeah, and, and room also, that hot? That, and also, the, of all the places to you know you have to creep along so let's creep up past this monitored light panel <laughs> yeah but yeah. zoe suddenly gets discovered in front of really <laughs> <laughs> i like the fact that in the first, second episode they made good use of zoe's mathematical oh, yes. genius yeah unlike adric she actually used he her mathematical used genius yeah. for a good reason for, yeah. for calculating the orbits on the, the burns or whatever yeah. for the rockets they, they lose the signal don't they mm. so they have to do an on-site <laughs> again the second doctor standing the smoke pouring out of the console <laughs> yeah. waving things Again, it's down to the technology and the budget at the time, but I did find the control boards of TMAT rather bare. They were. <laughs> yeah, right. Comparing them to the, the only other things that have transporters, which is Blake 7 and Star Trek, buttons and dials and switches and knobs. And yeah, who knows what they all do. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Did, as I said, it did just strike me as a little bit bare. Shades of last week's Ed Wood. <laughs> yes, yeah, very much. Yeah. But the actual sets are not really good. Oh, like yeah. The moon base at the multi-levels and that. Yeah. They'd spent a fair bit of money and but, yeah, uh, time constructing. I mean, the uh, the solar stack area mm. that looked like a workshop. It looked proper. And yeah. Not that I know what solar stacks look like, but... <laughs> all in all, I thought it was very good. Yeah, it was a good second showing for the Ice Warriors. Yeah, we haven't actually done the first one, I think. So we've done these in the wrong order, really, but... Uh, Never mind. Not that we don't know who the Ice Warriors are, yeah. so you know. Well, when we do that, I shall point out what I mean by the differences between mm. the Ice Warriors and Marshall. Yeah. Right, we'd like to know what you thought of the Seeds of Death. She's woken up again. <laughs> and the Seeds of Doom come to that, but preferably the Seeds of Death. Yes. Write to us via show. At Staggering Stories. Dot. Net. Right, we have a letter. Ooh, oh, a whole letter. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Just, just thank you. It's oh, it's from a Catherine. Thank you, Catherine. Hey. Catherine says. Hello, Staggerers. Hello. Hello, Hello Terence. Hello, Head of Pertwee. Hello, Dave Zilla the Mighty. <laughs> Hello to the rest. And has the plush nebula arrived? Inquiring oh, yes. minds want to know. She's so, upstairs. I have to get a... <laughs> Pardon? <laughs> Why? No, no, no. I'm not sure, but we do. <laughs> Renfest is wrapping up. As I write, we have one more day. Oh. Then the packing begins. While I love being here, the weather is getting colder and my building is lacking insulation mm. and plumbing. Oh, I'm looking yeah. forward to the comforts of home. I bet. Even though I fussed a little while ago about the price of the once and future stories, I did go ahead and bought the bundle. Oh, yeah. So far, I've listened to the first four, finishing for the moment with the Martian invasion of Planetoid 50. What a mouthful. Indeed. <laughs> Gomez and Tennant just sparked together. Yeah, no, they didn't. Yeah. They sparkled together. Such That's a treat it. to hear from them. 
this story caps off several weeks that were kind of tenant heavy. <laughs> Last month, yeah. I rewatched the first season of Good Omens before watching the second. Of course, he was also in Ahsoka, brilliantly returning to the role of Hu Yang. And last week, I listened to the new Doctor Classic Companion box set. It's mm. been a fun time. Yeah. Must get back to work so I have something to sell tomorrow. <laughs> Be well all. Anon, Catherine the Dragon Maker. Thank you. Thank you, yes. Catherine. Oh. Welcome back, Stephen. Yeah, we scared him off again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a very tenant-centric last couple of months of the uh, year, too, I think, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, we still haven't gotten an official announcement for the date, but I think it's 25th, the word on the street at the moment. The word on the street. According to Johnny. See your narc. Yeah. Okay. yeah. By the time this comes out, it'll probably be known. Well, yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah. <laughs> We are in ignorance now, but future us will have knowledge. We have another bit of feedback. Who from? From Jean. Oh! On her deathbed, she left or something, and now, now she's gone, but at least we can play his back in tribute to her. Is it? Uh, okay. Jeannie's Corner. Jeannie's Corner. That's a Jeannie's very... Corner! That's a very different corner to Crumbly's Corner. That is. <laughs> you mean she actually did the homework? She at least watched Killer Tomatoes, yeah. Okay. Oh. No wonder she's ill. <laughs> <laughs> Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. I've only ever seen bits of this movie. I've never seen the whole thing, and I absolutely loved it. <laughs> it's um, a spoof on the old black and white B movies, oh, the things that used to come before the main feature, which were usually Attack of the 50-Foot Woman, Attack <laughs> of the Monster from the Black Lagoon, or what have you. And I I really got strong feelings of Airplane. It's that same kind of quirky mixture of visual as well as language humour. And I'm wondering if this actually did influence Airplane because this was made in 78 and Airplane was made in 1980. So mm. it's close enough for when they would have been writing that. There's some lovely little bits in there. Um, the homage to Jaws with the girls in the water and the tomatoes attacking them and even the bit of incidental music was vaguely yeah, Jaws-like. Yeah. It really is a low budget. You know, you, you can see people have been throwing cans of tomatoes mm. outside of their cans, obviously, and rotten tomatoes at cars and that kind of stuff, um, and blow up balloons that have been painted red, <laughs> and towards the end where the tomatoes got headphones on, mm -hmm. so he can't hear the awful singing that ultimately kills them all off and turns <laughs> them back into small tomatoes. It's just a bit of absolute fun. It's total rubbish, um, <laughs> but in a, in a really good, good way. The sets aren't exactly brilliant, and um, the, the whole meeting with them all in the tiny, tiny little room, <laughs> yeah. having to climb over each other. The end of it, I particularly liked, and I'm, I hate to say it, as soon as I saw the carrot, I just thought, oh, it's Kevin the carrot, <laughs> a well-known supermarket's little icon. Yep. You never know, there may be a film, Attack of the Liddles or Aldi's, or whichever one it is it comes from. So, yeah, if you, if you haven't seen Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, <laughs> I would say give it a go. If you want a real laugh, this isn't Shakespeare. <laughs> it's just much pure silliness. But if you do like films like Aeroplane and that, this may well appeal. Anyway, that was my quick review on um, on on Attack of the Killer Tomatoes before my voice goes completely. Sorry, I could be with you guys, but as you can hear, I'm I'm not exactly um, firing on all cylinders, and I don't think my voice would make it through an entire podcast. 
Hopefully all being well. See you next podcast. Take care. Bye. Thank you, Jean. See, she knows what she's talking about. I would like to point out, though, that I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) Talking of budget, I read that they had about £100,000 budget. That much? Dollars, right? $100,000. But 60000 of it went... Do you remember that bit to the uh, helicopter crashed? Oh, yeah. That wasn't planned. (laughs) Shit, really? I yeah. did. I did wonder. Yep. And they had to pay sixty thousand out to replace that helicopter. Fortunately, the pilot was okay. I think yeah. there were two people in there. Yeah. But that was a real crash. Wasn't intended. <laughs> God. So they, they both got out. Yeah, they were oh, both, both fine. That's why they used the footage. I think they would have. Yeah. Mind you. Was it Twilight Zone film? Did they use the footage? Twilight, Twilight Zone. Yeah. yeah Vic Morrow and the people. two children. Yeah. People yeah. died. Yeah. Dangerous things. Helicopters. Yeah. Right, especially when you're titting around with them. <laughs> yeah. And so, dear listeners, that brings us to the end of another podcast. But if you're not, next time there'll be more of the same, more fun frivolity and jollity, more news and reviews, more who old and new, until that tea for tomato, tantalising tin of tomatoes comes tentatively and terrifyingly (laughs) tiptoeing towards us. Trembling. This is me, fakey, saying farewell. Goodbye. Sometimes I think I must have a guardian idiot. A little invisible spirit just behind my shoulder looking out for me. Only he's an imbecile. That makes a lot of sense. You have been listening to the Staggering Stories podcast series one number 431 featuring Adam Purcell, Fake Keith and the real Keith Dunn. Views expressed here are those of the speakers and don't necessarily represent those of the other speakers of the site. No copyright infringement is intended and this has been an El Presidente and Fake Keith production for www.staggeringstories.net. Captioned it. Don't use these guys for catering. They're bloody awful. <laughs> Right, so we get on before we die. Yeah, okay. To arouse your celebrity inclinations. Celebratory. Okay. So what did I say? Celebrity. I did. That was wrong. <laughs> There's a koala on the telly. Shoot it. I thought it was an over-enthusiastic squirrel, but that's definitely a koala. Definitely a koala, yeah. Star Trek. Prodigy. Stop. I really hit the microphone then, okay. just as you were speaking. Okay. Start again. Can I shout at you? If you usually shout at me for hitting the microphone. <laughs> so. If you shout at me, I'll cry. <laughs> oh, you little fucking <laughs> <laughs> Let's do an outro. <coughs> four, three, I don't, one. Four, three, one. So do you want me to do it? I don't think oh, you want Oh, Jesus, no. It'll take you forever. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. I really do. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just don't feel well enough to be subtle.